Thanks for listening to Lost and Rewound. You can check us out online at lostandrewound.com. We're also on Twitter, Facebook, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Time to get embarrassed with us. And in retrospect, those recordings were obscene. Travel back in time with the familiar sound. Let's all get lost and rewound. Lost and Rewound, episode 18. Don't eat pine needles. Featuring an interview with Corinne Tracy. Welcome, welcome, welcome once again to another edition of this hilarious little roundabout show called Lost and Rewound. My name is Alon. I'm Doug. And I'm Ryan. Calling in from Queens tonight, the sociological voice of reason, Melissa Lloyd. Melissa is joining us from GChat yeah. because she's quarantined herself. Yes, I'm, I, I'm home on sick leave, but calling in for this episode. We have a great show ahead of you. Ryan, uh, I want to dedicate a little bit to him because he has kind of helped our second season go off more or less without a hitch, but has to take a leave of absence uh, for an undetermined amount of time. And I just wanted to say thank you to Ryan on behalf of the Lost and Round team for helping us out. It's my pleasure. Thanks, buddy. Melissa? We've lo- we enjoyed having you around. <laughs> <laughs> just waiting for Neil to finish talking. I don't want to cut anybody off on the tail end of the sentence. No, of course not. The last few weeks we've been playing just a, a few clips because it was Ryan's birthday recently. And uh, I figured it would be a good way to sort of kick the show off on this episode, recapping a few of those clips from the extras. So let's dive right into the first clip. If Corinne was still in, she'd be doing great. With global warnings, hairy hair tips, picked out horoscopes, and food frenzy. And that's all the news for now. Here I am with my co-host Ryan to see on the sports update. Ready, Ryan? Let's hear what the sports is. Wait a minute. Hold up, hold up, hold up. We're going to edit out this part because, as you know, this is about the zone, not about anything else. I mean, not about, like, sports or any of that crap or anything like, you know, the zone. Besides, we have a lot of stuff to tell you. All right? Well, if this sports thing's still going on, we'll, like, try and edit it out by some distance or something. (laughs) Okay. See you for a moment. We'll be going to a new school next year. And believe me, I'm going to, I think I'm going to love it. But that's why everyone's probably being taken out, except for probably Brooks or all the other people. Man, you know, I mean, going to school and stuff. The only bad thing is that I can't bring my recorder to, uh, to, to the school. The school is called Gipsy Day School, as, you, as I told you before. Gipsy Day School. PDS, that's right. Private school, what my mom says, but hey, I'm not gonna worry that much about it. <laughs> rough, but they're rough winning. As for the penguin, rough winning for um, the people from PQC School, it actually winning me to go to the school. But in this, I know some people that are from the theater and stuff. Anyway, let's get back to the action. On the dish of the Zony Times. The Tanzig Zone takes over Poughkeepsie Day School! My The Zone Times. There is Shaquille O'Neal. You know, the Shaq Attack Boy. I say he should stick with rap. I think. I'm not rapping. He should stick with basketball and leave the rapping to the experts. Yeah, I. Alright, this is the deal. Don't listen to what anyone's saying. This is how to do what we want to talk about. Storm with 45 and 23. Which is better? I guess it's 45 because he lost. Now we're going to see if who's going to win, and we'll tell you on Dancing with Zone update. Besides, you know, we're different, and we're getting back to real world and just instead of Dancing with Zone, but we're still in the zone. Yeah! This has been a Dancing with Zone update. You waxed pretty well about some sports. Yeah, about as well as I know, which is not much. You didn't watch any sports when you were younger at all? Not really. 
I liked that your the majority of your commentary was that other people who play sports should stick to playing sports. Yeah, I, I think I was totally on point with that observation. Uh, yeah, Shaq's Shaq rap career not great. Yeah, not exactly the best but, uh, actor I'm, or a rapper. I'm glad he was trying other things. You know, you got to live life. You sure. can't just be Shaq all the time. More than '90s too, sort of though. Also, the birth of the athlete slash model slash actor in mean, that whole sort of trend of adding slashes to your job title exactly i i, I, I don't think it really existed before the 90s i thought joe wow. namath started it all joe namath had a, had a rap career yeah damn <laughs> what my mind just got blown well we all missed out on that i guess except for you doug you're yeah. dead i'm <laughs> the only one who knows about it i feel like i watched baseball and some basketball for sure uh football soccer just kind of went over my head and i Certainly played some sports as a kid, but I mean, I know you played soccer, but you never really watched any sports, Ryan? Not really. I mean, my dad watched football all the time, so sometimes I would watch part of a football game. I still had no idea how the game of football was actually played until probably maybe when I was 18 or 19. So that's well after graduating high school. Well, a little bit after graduating. And yeah, I think that kind of proves that I had absolutely no idea what was going on in the world of sports. Um, but I like that that was your segment on Danziger Zone then. Yeah. Uh, whose decision was that? As I alluded to uh, when this was first released was the, the, the tape recorder shit the bed. It's plain and simple. And I got a new one. And I wasn't allowed to bring the tape recorder really anywhere except for friends' houses, such as Ryan and Kyle and Brooks and, uh, and, and a few other people's houses. But I wasn't really allowed to bring it anywhere else other than that. For the reason that your parents didn't want to buy you another one if you broke it? Well, it was like, you're starting a new school. Why would you be taking this recorder to a new school and making yourself even more alienated as you just were in sixth grade of Woodstock Elementary. This, the statement that you're making about your self-alienation, is that you saying it or is that your family or someone else saying it? It was pretty self-evident by the time I was done with sixth grade at Woodstock Elementary. I was pretty much alienating myself because of the tape recorder. And the ADD that I was developing was sort of like coming a little bit like as one curve was going down, the other curve was going up, and it was a very clear indication that the tape recorder was a distraction that was not doing me any favors. But I still was obsessed with recording, and so right. But I, I've asked you three questions about decisions and yes. who made them, and you haven't given me any answers I about who totally, made the decisions. I totally did not make so any decisions. Who... My parents totally were were in charge. <laughs> Melissa, I, okay. I, I, I see, I see you laughing. You know, can I jump in for a second and say? To me, it sounds like your parents were trying to keep you from being, what's the PC way of saying, the, that awkward kid or starting off on the wrong foot of being a misfit in your new school. Correct. With the resurgence of the Danziger Zone once the new recorder was bought, I guess I had to sort of try and figure out with this new recorder what we were going to do. I was like, well, what do we do? Now we don't have any programs. Nate's gone. You know, Corinne's gone. All these people from Woodstock Elementary are so gone. So that, that was the reason for the listing of the segments at the beginning? Yeah, Because exactly. you were kind of just kind of going over the history? Correct. Okay. I was doing like an oral what history. Was, what were the uh, Corinne's uh, segments that you were talking about? I thought uh, it said boob frenzy. And I was like, that food, can't, that food can't food be frenzy. a thing. Uh, we, may, we may have <laughs> I thought it was play. boob friends. Oh, <laughs> yeah. frenzy. I heard food. Yeah, okay, so food. we're just hearing what we want to. <laughs> Get your mind out of the gutters. No, there, she had a few segments. Ian had like one segment or two. I mean, ever had a, everybody had a segment. And so basically, if I wasn't friends with them, like I was friends with Ryan or Brooks and the, and a lot, then I was never going to see them again. And therefore, they were not in the dancing zone anymore. I do think that was a sort of a thing, though, especially in elementary and middle school, when you changed schools or you moved, like certain people you were friends with just because you saw them every day or they lived close by. And once you were going to a different school or you moved... Like, they just kind of stopped existing. This was before the internet. You didn't track people down from however many years past. You did go to a few different schools, so how did you uh, fare with keeping in touch with uh, certain people? I still talk to a couple people from high school, mostly the miracle of Facebook and the internet. I've got a buddy of mine from middle school, actually, who lives here in New York, and he and I reconnected after I moved up because it was one of those, oh, I saw you on Facebook. You live in New York now, too? I live in New York. Let's be friends again. So that was cool. But part of going, I think, going to so many different schools have a few people I'm still close with from before college, but I think I just really lost touch with a lot of my childhood and grade school friends faster than most people. Right. I think most people do eventually fall out of touch with that 
with that group safe for one or two really important people. And so for me, I just kind of lost track with my elementary school friends by the time I was in high school. The advent of social media has helped us out um, uh, to the table here. Do we have a consensus on how it is growing up and do we keep in touch with people in general? I mean, I, I'm a social butterfly. I feel like I've kept in touch with a lot of people over the years. But, You're just uh, a butterfly in general. <laughs> very, very Jewish butterfly. Oh, I don't even know what that means. But a very special butterfly. A special <laughs> butterfly with, uh, with payas, yes. No, I don't know. Um, but Ryan, you pretty much went to the same school district, so you saw the same people a lot. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, my, my friends definitely changed a lot in the progression from elementary school into high school, and I definitely lost touch with a lot of them when I went off to college. And, I mean, even now, I think some of the people that I was friends with immediately after college, I'm... I'm barely in touch with at this point and it's all just depends on where you stand as far as being a social butterfly well like it was then for you it is for i think you and just about everybody now you have to have a reason to get together there's there's not a lot of in my 30s now a lot of people who randomly stop by my house to hang out like there might have been in in an elementary or even a college like that yeah the randoms are hanging out for no good reason i think it's actually something very unique to the college phase of life or like that from like 18 to 23. I feel like that happened a lot when I was a kid as well in a can so-and-so come out to play kind of way. Related to moving and changing schools, I had a, my best friend when I was in elementary school moved when he was in like fourth grade. And then we wound up going to the same high school and we were like barely friends. Yeah, I got one story that's sort of the flip side of Doug's story. Just remember, one of my best friends in middle school, like sixth and seventh grade, we became friends in middle school and then found out that we went to the same preschool. Dug up the class photo, picked ourselves out. Apparently, we were friends when we were like four. Oh, I thought because you said it was the reverse. I thought you were going to say that it was you were enemies in preschool. <laughs> we were friends when we were super little. Neither one of us really remembered, and then eventually became friends again later. Of course, I've since fallen out of touch. Really, occasionally, Facebook stalked each other, but sure. haven't had a real conversation in years. I guess we've talked about this before. Ryan and I never went to the same school. You know, we didn't live really that close to each other, and luckily had folks that were very close with each other when we were growing up. That, you know, seeing each other on a normal basis for, like, you know, get-together sleepovers and whatnot. Trips to amusement parks, I think, maybe have happened once or twice. Yeah, I remember uh, a couple water slides, at least. Zoom flume, yeah. God bless you. Yeah, indeed. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, on this clip, what we played uh, for another one of our extras from last time around, it came upon Ryan that he had to do a little bit of his piano lessons. So let's take a look back, because Ryan, I don't think, has even heard this all, so this is exciting. Hey, when we're at Ryan's house, Ryan just found the piano. It's pretty cool, huh? He's playing the piano. Let's hear him. Yes.
Uh, how about this? It's time for a DC moment. For this one, I'm gonna be singing the blues. Are you done? Yeah. Something can change me, man. Okay, I'm gonna be singing to the music. Right? Here we go. Wait, uh, I'm gonna put this here. That is hilarious, and I love it. And you two are a couple of regular Daniel Johnstons. <laughs> by by that I mean you're both on the spectrum somewhere, somewhere. somewhere. I'm sure Daniel Johnson would love this. Actually, Melissa, thoughts, Ryan, whatever, whoever. That was just sort of the most perfect little ending on there. At one point in there, Ryan, I heard you sort of singing along. Was it? I'm assuming that was Ryan singing. Oh no! With whatever. That was me. That was Elon. And and at some point, I tried to copy the voice that he was doing. Okay. Which I think was kind of like a thread going through from when we did the intro to that whole original clip with us just clearing our throats back and forth, kind of getting ready for the performance. Yeah, though the nature of the uh, the voice, uh, as mentioned, was uh, at some point on the website... I had characters that I created, one of whom was an anthropomorphized version of my Star of David Nicholas with the name Don Zoni as a sort of a riff-off Danziger Zone. And he spoke like he was uh, basically a version of Pee Wee Herman mixed with a little bit of Louis Armstrong and Sammy Davis Jr. <laughs> <laughs> so he said a little bit like this. So, like, so that, was, that was supposed to be that character singing? Yeah, basically. Okay. It was kind of like that. I thought it was just your Louis Armstrong impression. I don't think there were actual any distinguishable words in that riff, if you will. Sure. As the clip went on, I was trying to sort of piece together and figure out what the singing was and what the words were, and if it was an actual recognizable song. Well, I, I don't even know what the songs actually were. Don Zoni has his own language. Don Zoni has his own language, and Ryan uh, was the one who knew how to play the piano. So I don't know what songs those were. I mean, at that point, could you? Did you really think that I knew how to play the piano? It was more like I could see what the music was on the page and sort of hammer at the keys in a general vicinity of, of what it was supposed to be, I think. When did you start learning how to play piano? I cannot remember for the life of me. I know I took seven years of piano, but I don't remember where this clip fell in that process. 1996. When did you stop? Um, I think it was about eighth grade. At the time, I was also playing the flute and the saxophone, and my sister had just picked up the bass, the electric bass, and I was actually in the process of ruining that for her by also picking up the electric bass. Um, In what way did you learning it ruin it for her? I was a little bit older. I had more experience playing musical instruments, so... Her learning process became more of like a, a race against my learning process. And you were winning and she didn't like that? Or... Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think she had been, been playing for like a month and, and I picked it up and started playing it and kind of hit that same point that she was at and she got frustrated and was like, going back to violin, screw you guys, I'm going home. Mm-hmm. Ryan, did you come from a, from a musical family? Did your sister also play as well? She started playing violin in elementary school. She was in the orchestra. My parents both played instruments. My mom actually played piano when she was a kid, and my dad had played the flute, which is why I was able to to pick it up. We had one just laying around the house when I was in elementary school. But I played saxophone in elementary school and then was slowly trying to transition into something that was much more likely to actually get me laid because the saxophone, while it... Sounds good in 80s movies. It had its heyday. Yeah, it doesn't really translate in the 90s. You weren't going to be Rob Lowe, single earring, jamming out at uh, at St. Elmo's Fire. It just wasn't going to happen. And the flute was sexier? Uh, Well, you know, the flute was out of necessity because I think all the flautists in my elementary school had graduated. 
then when you start playing the bass... That's when you really start getting ignored. Yeah, I started playing the bass. I started acting really weird, dyeing my hair, doing crazy shit. And, and you know, I don't know. I had a really great time doing it. I don't regret any of that. I like playing the bass. I think in the right music genres, it definitely tends to take the lead over even the guitar sometimes. But, you know, it's definitely not the flashiest instrument that will increase your sexual prowess when you're standing there alone. You know, just in case anyone out there is thinking about picking up the bass in in that kind of It's a cool instrument if it can increase your sexual prowess. Yeah. Well, you know, the electric guitar definitely seems to have that sort of effect when you're in high school. We're going to have to get Brooks on the show again at some point and discuss our very short-lived band without a drummer. <laughs> As Melissa says, it, it was a thing. We recorded one song, and it, two songs, sorry, two songs. One original song and another song, which was a cover of Under the Bridge. Oh my god, I remember that. And it was recorded, but I do not know where it is. But knowing Brooks, being a good archivist in his own right... He probably has a copy. That sounds like it would be worth unearthing. Oh God! It, it was it was terrible. Or or burying forever. You yeah. take your pick. It it might be one of those things that we want to set on fire. Maybe <laughs> we can set it on fire after we listen to it. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it'll be cleansing. Let's let's listen to one more clip. <laughs> Ryan, tell me what. Tell me about. Um, He's going to space camp, Ryan. Right, Ryan. Um, space. I already did. Yeah. Um. We went on this really weird mission to the moon. Uh-huh. First flight to the moon since Apollo 14. Right. Apollo 14? Or was it 17? I forget which one. I think it was maybe 14. Yeah, 17. 17. Yeah. And, um, I was a communications officer. First mission to the moon. You were I officer. was not a communications officer, and I didn't really want to be, because the probe team knocked off the antenna for the communications, and we only had one second left of air. Ryan Rich, everyone. Future space commander. Oh, uh, Apollo 51. That's right. Oh, I'm pumped. Yeah, that's right. That's right. In a way, the zone is related with space. Sort of because of the stickers we got. Check out the stickers, man. Whoa, it's matching time. With the Earth and the Moon, Saturn, the Moon, and the Sun, the Martians, the Martians, and the Martians, and the Martians, and the Martians, whatever. It's Martian time, guys. Martian time. Martian time. It's Martian. Sorry, I know. We're going to beat it to death. It's already beaten to death. Oh, man. That was really funny. Yeah, I mean, I I remember watching the movie Space Camp and being like, I want to do that. What is the movie Space Camp? Oh, man. Like, a bunch of people go to, like, an overnight space camp program in, I guess it must have been in Houston, because where else would it be? And they miraculously get the chance to sit in the space shuttle during like a test thing and just kind of experience that and then something goes wrong and the shuttle actually launches them into space sure yeah i've, I've never seen that it sounds like Is that of, that was an 80s joint yeah, yeah it sounds about right i want to say 87 but so who, who's know. in it like the Corys or i couldn't tell you it sounds like about the same production team that brought you ski patrol <laughs> <laughs> no am i wrong i don't know it sounds more like a like a summer camp romp, but I don't know. True. So yeah, some... it's, it's definitely more of a kids movie, I think. Than Not the B control. movie variety? I mean, it wasn't a great movie, but it definitely was aimed towards a younger audience and not towards, like, uh, college-age kids who so, wanted a, a raunchy comedy. So you're a 10-year-old Ryan Rich who wanted to be in space camp after seeing this movie. And you actually got to fulfill the dream. Well, my my grandma was industrious enough that she found a space camp day camp in New Jersey. And it was, I think, like a 10-minute drive from their apartment. So one summer, uh, she enrolled me, and I stayed with my grandma and grandpa in uh, Paramus, or Ridgefield, New Jersey. And they drove me to space camp every morning and picked me up in the afternoon. And it was just like a bootleg day camp where we did space-ish activities. And you were saying that they had, like, missions for you guys to do? Like, you were actually, you know, it was a mission to the moon, sort of, like, simulation? 
Yeah, so one of the things that they did, they had this room set up with a bunch of different stations, and they had this big airlock door, which was really just like a giant cylinder that turned around. So, okay. uh, yeah, I mean, you know, for all intents and purposes, it's it was an airlock. So um, what, what I'm wondering about the missions is, were they was there potential for the mission to fail? Oh, yeah. I don't think we actually succeeded any of the times we went in there. Wow. That's uh, interesting to that's me. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I was going to say. It seems uh, we had a similar thing in Maryland. The Maryland Science Center had a mission to Mars thing, and you would go in and you'd watch an introductory video, and they'd talk to you about how important this mission was and all that kind of stuff. And then everyone would get an assignment. There was a room that looked like the control room, and so there was people that were Houston, and there was people that were on the shuttle, and everyone had a job to do. But I'm convinced that it was impossible to fail because we didn't do any like we didn't do any of it. Like they had you know a binder and like a manual for how to fix the oxygen and stuff. I don't think anyone ever actually committed to doing it. But we'd always make it to Mars or whatever and be like, "Fuck yeah, we did it! We're on Mars!" It was the best field trip you could get because people went every year and it was cool and you got to like do cool stuff, but you didn't actually have to do anything. And you always made it to Mars. Yeah, we always got to Mars. You did it! <laughs> yeah, you are an official explorer. <laughs> it's Martian um, time, y'all. What did you do once you actually got to Mars? That's like in the game. Um. Yeah. What else do you want? Well, I mean, like that's the whole excitement, though. You complete the mission, we're here, and then it's over. They didn't think about getting back. Yeah. <laughs> you want to tell a bunch of elementary school students that now they're on Mars, there's no oxygen, and they're gonna die? <laughs> you don't have to tell them they're gonna die, but like, you guys at least get a granola bar or a snack. Or... <laughs> there are no granola bars on Mars. You I'm have sure to bring we, that with you. I'm sure we did. I'm sure there was a lunch program involved in this field trip, but I don't remember what it was. That wasn't the important part. When Ashton Kutcher goes to Mars, he will take all the granola bars with him. Yeah, I bet there was some astronaut ice cream involved, but that was probably after I got home. That was my next follow-up question. Was astronaut ice cream? <laughs> I, th- I think the only thing that I actually really vividly remember from the space camp, besides absolutely failing at both the missions in the quote-unquote simulator, uh, was that we had to do like an egg drop. So we had to design a lander for a raw egg. I think my team got disqualified because we used what is it like non-regulation materials basically what was this what was said material uh well a lot of people had great ideas like using parachutes that didn't work because they were dropping it off of a one-story building and other things uh like padding and balloons and stuff like that and i my team had rigged up an aluminum can uh with a bunch of uh rubber bands suspending a smaller container inside of it so the aluminum can would absorb impact. And then inside of that smaller container, we filled it with, like, just goop. So we had, like, anchovy paste and toothpaste Ew. and anything we could get our hands Where on, basically. Where did you get anchovy paste? One of the kids in, in my group brought it in. And that he kid's was a like, freak. I smuggled this from home. He, like, took it out of his sock in the bathroom and was like, I have anchovy oh, paste. No. We can use this. <laughs> That's... That's grody. And uh, so we, we kind of coated that uh, container with, with that paste substance. That's the smelliest as like, egg drop ever. Yeah. It, well, I mean, it worked. It, we preserved the egg, but I guess using gels and stuff was not in, uh, in their first intention. Smuggle, smuggleable materials were not allowed. <laughs> Amazing. I actually, part of going to multiple schools is I did the egg drop two or three times. And the first time I did, I think, was just like regular um, science camp. And it wasn't space camp, but I got to go to science camp. And they let us, they had like a whole giant bin of things you could use, like stuffing and egg cartons and plastic, like all plastic soda bottles, whatever you want to cut up. But then when we did it again in science class, the last time I did it, we were given 10 pieces of regular 8.5 by 11 printer paper and two meters of masking tape. And that's all you could use. Did anybody do it? Yeah, actually, like, if you're egg, and there were stages, too, like, for, for extra credit, it was an extra credit assignment. If you made it past the first drop platform, you got, like, one extra quiz A. If you made it off the roof of the building, you got two, and then we dropped one off. It was, like, off the back of the football stadium and then off the roof of the building. A couple of people actually designed eggs that were designed little containers that survived being dropped off the roof of the school just out of paper and tape. 
You all geniuses. Were, you all were so much better at science fair type stuff than me. No. Yep. I mean, I, I, we can all we can all. <laughs> Hey, no, that, that's a good science experiment. It's Unequivocally so better at science experiments <laughs> than you. We, we have to move on. We have to move on. Ryan uh, will stick around. Melissa will stay quarantined. We'll be back very shortly with our special guest, Corinne Tracy. This is Lost and Rewound. Do you have a Danziger's own of your very own gathering dust in your parents' basement? Well, we'd love to hear your archived audio, no matter how old it is. Email your contributions to lostandrewound at gmail.com. Joining us again after much time is our friend Corinne Tracy, chiming in from Palinville, New York. Yeah? Oh, no, I moved to Albridge, but it's not really that far removed. So, either way, I guess. To to those who may not be familiar with the geography, where is Olive Bridge? Olive Bridge is south of Hunter Mountain, where people go skiing and whatnot. And drinking, evidently. Yes. Lots of drinking and skiing. Very Why? unhealthy. Why, evidently? <laughs> I don't know. No. Yeah, definitely not. <laughs> oh, I thought, like, something happened, like someone got drunk and crashed a well, a sea do like into a ski do or something. I think they do have no, but, but a Hunter Mountain Fest there. Of, um, a ski lift up there this year. What? I don't know if she was drunk or not, but she did. When did that happen? Um, that happened at the beginning of the season, I think, around December. My God, that's scary. Does your does your you have a son? Uh, how old is he now? Seven. Does he go skiing at all? A little bit, but he's more into the BMX thing right now. So nice. Um, Buy him a helmet. Words of wisdom, mom. Helmets are good. How have you been? What, what, what's new? So you, you're you're still in the equestrian world. Uh, you have your own stable. Is that correct? Yeah, I um I do some boarding here locally at a, a small farm, and I also uh, work at a resort. The resort's only the summertime, though. It's May through October, and I and I lessons and stuff at the resort. That sounds great. And it sounds like you, you're getting a lot of clientele uh, in your future. And uh, it seems like you've gotten a name, at least since you've been certainly established for a number of years now. Yeah, I'm trying. <laughs> I can only assume that your son is uh, really into it as well, since you know he's now got this off-road passion. Yeah, he's more into the BMX thing than he is in the horses, but him, maybe he'll come around. <laughs> Have you ever raced him? On a horse with him on his BMX? No, I haven't, but that's a good idea. <laughs> probably like that. There are some clips that just have to be addressed. Um, the last time we did allude to this, uh, that you had some cautionary tales for the environment. There's so much to go through. I'll, I'll let the clips speak for themselves, <laughs> but uh, let's let's take a listen to this first clip from Corinne Tracy. That's time for a global warning. Woo! <laughs> okay. Um... I just got this new shampoo, but this is to do with global warming, I'm telling you, okay? Alright, it's the only kind of shampoo that I actually noticed. It's The bottles are made from recycled plastics, and um, are, they don't test on animals and are healthy for the environment. And it says so even on the back. But I noticed on Vidal Sassoon and Paul Mitchell and stuff like that. And the name of this stuff is called... Freeman Bionicle Shampoo and Conditioner. I know that and it comes in like fruits there. and stuff. And it's really, really healthy for your hair. You can get it at Sunflower sometimes. Well, not Sunflower. What am I talking about? At, at CVS. And you can get it at other places. Now at CVS in Sorgatis, they're having a sale on it. And they're giving you a free face wash with it. So I got a mud mask and a kiwi mask with it so yeah it's just been a global warning oh geez that's fine yeah <laughs> i don't know what to say to that is that pretty accurate to what kind of beauty tips you probably would have uh, uh given yourself at 12 years old oh uh, maybe because my sister was um going to beauty school yeah she's um seven years older than i am yeah so, yeah so probably <laughs> 
you had somebody who encouraged that sort of twelve year old girl obsession or discovery of makeup and mud masks and face wash and like, yeah. wanting to buy one of everything in the drugstore. Oh, the best is is my sister had me put mayonnaise in my hair and um Right. When we lived when we lived up in the mountains, um, we would occasionally run out of water. So my friend Amanda and I were having a sleepover, we put the mayonnaise in our hair and then we couldn't wash our hair. And we had to sleep with it in our hair overnight. We talked about this the last time, and you just you left it in for far too long, more than you were supposed to. Like it was one thing, right? That you were supposed to put it in for like a short yeah. period of time. Yeah, and then just rinse it out, and then we ran out of water. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what exactly were the negative effects of this? Delicious hair. <laughs> Very well, your hair, your hair. hair would smell like eggs for you know a couple. I think it was like a week. Oh, jeez. <laughs> It was awful. Yeah, that's awful. definitely not necessarily not desirable it. odor. For hair, no, anyways. No. They don't make a lot yeah, of shampoos with not. sulfur. <laughs> so anyone in California, I recommend not doing that because you might not have water. <laughs> Burn, <laughs> California. To say, but... Ooh, too soon, Doug. <laughs> I, I, I'd, like, I'd like to get the, the, the female perspective uh, from Melissa about these different shampoos. Uh, what kind of shampoo were you using on your gorgeous hair when you were growing up? Oh, that's a very good question. I'm trying to remember what I was using in middle school. Right around 12, that's sort of the age of the girl where you you start to discover, like, not just makeup, but paying attention to shampoo. Like, up until then, at least through most of elementary school, shampoo is whatever mom bought. Like, actually have an opinion, having an opinion about what you did with your hair and how you washed your hair. And I don't remember what kind of shampoo I was using. Probably <laughs> some sort of, like, Pantene or something like that. But My answer was Pert Plus. Pert Plus. Same. I was not a Pert Plus kid. I remember that. And the thing I actually remember more about being 12 was that's right around the time I started coloring my hair and experimenting with all sorts of different things to do to it. I remember in seventh grade, might have been 13 at that point, like the week before I was supposed to do all my private school interviews, I dyed my hair like bright fire engine red, not natural copperish, reddish, gingery, or like just a touch to be red to be natural, like red, red, candy apple red. And my mom got super pissed. I, they, she took me to the salon they used a color stripper and took as much of it as they could out but it was still sort of this weird faded pink color and so this was also when I got my one and only pixie cut when we discovered not a flattering haircut for me <laughs> yes but what brand of hair dye did you use it was manic panic I, can, I remember that it was yes. manic panic oh my gosh and I probably bought it at Spencer's <laughs> we didn't have Spencer's. We had uh, Claire's, I think, was. No? Was that the place where you got, like, your hair products? Or was it something else, Corinne? Over at Claire's the... was cheap jewelry. Yeah, okay. we had Hot yeah, Topic Claire's for jewelry, hair dye. But, um, yeah, but I think you could go to Spencer's in Albany. Yeah. And um, Or even the Poughkeepsie area, and you're okay. I, uh, I, um, I'm trying to remember, though, because I feel like Hot Topic wasn't really around when... Uh, no, at least yeah, when Corinne and I were 11 or 12, but um, obviously later on. We in, have the worst mall. We have the worst mall. The Hudson Valley Mall might go down as one of the least desirable locations for anyone to go shopping in the entire East mm. Coast. I would say so. <laughs> I can think of I some that are worse. I could agree with that. But it oh. definitely wasn't a shopping destination. Where else could be worse than the Hudson Valley Mall for shopping? I mean, I mean, you're, you're so you're living more like a little more north now. I can only imagine the kind of businesses that are up there. It might, it might, there's some commerce up there. It's fun, but you know, is is it is it yeah, as hopping as the Hudson Valley? Small town stuff. Oh, the Hudson Valley Mall is even worse than it was before. Stores are closing, and one of my friends just had a shop in there for a year and trying to pull out and they're trying to get him to come back and it's a tough situation <laughs> i guess you have some opinion about this but you're sort of in a more specialized field what does it mean to be a small business owner in the hudson valley in 2015 in an otherwise very trendy area but you know does it you have to be more specialized or if you're trying to do something normal i, th I think you do have to be more specialized i don't think there's any other option basically we make money off of the people from the city so you have to cater to those people and you have to get creative to get them to come to you because otherwise they only have a limited time that they're here. So you want to try and get their money while they're here. And I hate to say that because I love my city people. <laughs> no, it's fair. No, it's – I would argue to say it's kind of a, a cautionary tale. I know you've been to Hawaii. You lived in Oregon. You've lived in other places around the country. Do you ever see yourself taking your business on the road or doing it elsewhere other than uh, upstate New York? 
I thought about going to Massachusetts for a little while, but I'm actually in a good horse area, so I think I'm just going to plant my feet and stick with it. And it was very tempting for a moment. I got offered a really nice job out in Massachusetts, but this is where I've established myself and to leap out here just doesn't make any sense. I was speaking about cautionary tales before. I was trying to be a be sly with the uh, transition. Smooth. Smooth transition. No. <laughs> um, Smooth this is, segue. Th- this is probably one of the most amazing things I've ever heard <laughs> coming up. Cautionary tale time. Wow. Now from Corinne, the nutritionist. And the protester, Elon Dansgar. Shut up, Elon. Okay, when you eat, you have to eat lots of nutritious foods. Nuts are one thing that aren't healthy for you because they grow from trees, you know. And I know, they cook their seeds and squirrels eat them. And the squirrels don't have enough nuts this season. So please don't eat nuts. And if you do, buy them, but spread them around so the squirrels can eat them. And I have to tell you that you can't eat pine needles either because people have been choking on them lately. Maple syrup is bad for you because it has too much sugar. So please don't eat maple syrup. Um, don't eat pencils that say that they're fat-free because they're not. Okay? Um, fat-free pencils are definitely not fat-free because they say they are. They just want you to think that because then you want to buy them. Okay? So don't eat pencils. Okay? Don't eat meat because then you're killing animals. If you kill animals, that's bad. And also, it's too fattening. It's like 400 pounds of fat. Shut up, Lon. Then what can you eat? You can eat salad, salad, soup, 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 vegetable soup. Yes, vegetable soup. Healthy stuff like apples, bananas, teacups. No, not teacups. Tea, herbs, spices, and cranberries and stuff. What's your question, sir? Pasta, pasta. Yes. As long as it's wheat pasta. Wheat pasta has lots of nutrition in it. Okay, Super Beaver, shut up. Beaver, you should not eat nuts anymore because your teeth are getting broken. Nuts are very unhealthy. You can't say anything because I'm the super nutritionist and I, I own this thing now. I own this TV station. I mean, radio station. No, this is, this is the Danziger. No! No, let's change it to Nutrition Zone. Don't eat garbage because it's bad for you. Don't eat fish because it's smelly too. Don't eat bananas because they smell bad. Actually, eat bananas because they're very healthy for you. Don't eat nuts because you break your teeth on them. Don't cut down trees because then you're not going to be able to breathe again. Don't put wear don't wear nylon because it's bad for you. Don't wear clothing with color on it because you know what? It uses too much dyes and you pollute the universe when you wear those dyes because they give off solar energy. <laughs> no, not solar energy. Pollution energy or something like that. Cause I was going to vote for Shut Up a Lawn. <laughs> That's pretty Don't good, too. <laughs> Don't wear nylon because it's really bad for you, evidently. Um, yes, Shut Up a Lawn. Um, indeed. Shut yeah, Up a Lawn. Yeah, I think I said that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that was excellent. Now I know what to eat and not eat. Although I don't necessarily believe or agree with most of it. I don't know what to believe. <laughs> Cultural understanding, or at least according to pop science of what's healthy, what's not healthy, has changed completely. Like, like nuts used to be fattening and awful, and now nuts are a healthy stack full of protein. You're pushing pasta. Like One of the things that they'll tell you now if you're trying to lose weight is cut out all the carbs, all the processed grain. Um, what was your pine needles are also still bad for you, so that's good to know. Well, yeah, that your... one across the board. Then and now, don't eat pine needles. I mean, honestly, quick question: who, Do you remember who was eating a lot of pine needles and and having bad problems with it? Inquiring minds need to know. I have no idea. I don't think anyone would eat pineapples, not even a horse. <laughs> what was the typical dinner at the Tracy family table? Well, my mom's Italian and German, so it was either pasta and potatoes and some sort of meat. But you're not supposed to eat meat because you said so. Yeah. I know. I'm feeling conflicted. I'm a lot of meat, and I'm I'm now a vegetarian, actually. Um, I started being a vegetarian about a year ago. Mm. But um, that's funny. But I ate meat at that time. (laughs) 
So you were clearly you, you you were influenced by somebody. Maybe it was your sister. I don't know. Maybe there there was some sort of uh, uh, hippieish uh, mentality that was streaming into your right. mind state. I don't know. Well, I can I can say my first day on the bus was kind of an experience in its own. Um, my mom is a Jersey girl. <gasps> and she sent me. She sent me to school in a rabbit fur coat. Yes. Woodstock Elementary School. <laughs> wow! Did you and get got, did you get finger got, paint thrown on you? No, that was that was. Yeah, no, you mentioned no, this no. last time I remember, and then that kid Chris Krein, I think was his name. He mm-hmm. he called you a he, he didn't call you a baby killer, right? He called you like a animal killer or something. Yeah, a rabbit killer. <sighs> and I was like, I was like five or something. <laughs> I mean, he should have known better that no five year old has the skills to kill and skin that many rabbits. Yeah, I mean one <laughs> max. That's like enough for like a rabbit sock. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 third world countries, it's something else. But I don't even think they're making jackets. Really, they're making like scarves of rabbit. No, I don't know what in, they're making. Out of indigenous rabbit. cultures and stuff. Could, Melissa, back me up. You need here. more. You need more than one rabbit to make anything. Like a rabbit, that's barely enough for to like line a glove or a. It's enough for dinner or something like that. Like you're gonna need. You're gonna need like three or four rabbits to actually make anything substantial. If you yeah, had a really good. fat rabbit, maybe you could get some moccasins out of it. Maybe. Yeah. Don't cut down trees. Don't you eat still meat. Still probably. Don't wear nylon. Yeah. A lot of this is just don't, 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 you don't, don't. You have to understand that we grew up in Woodstock, like the town of don't. <laughs> exactly. It's, it is true. It is very true. That should be, the, should be the official slogan. <laughs> the, town the town of, of don't. don't. <laughs> you can't have a business over two stories. You can't. You know, they, I think they even have a shade committee that they control over, like how many branches you can cut off a tree if you have a tree in front of your store. Because if you have too many, you have to eat to the needles. It. Yeah. <laughs> you, you said your mother grew up in Jersey. Is your dad from upstate originally? What made you guys settle no, every, in Woodstock? Everybody in my family is from Jersey. Ah, okay. <laughs> so how did you end up in Woodstock, New York? My parents didn't want us going to school in the city, so. They bought a house up here. Ontario was it, I guess. <laughs> um, and so my dad used to drive from um, upstate New York to Jersey City to the deli that he owned. And he drove back and forth for, I think, about eight years. And wow. um, finally he gave that up because he would have to leave our house at like three in the morning to get to the deli in the morning to open. Your dad is awesome. Um, I remember when I was growing up, uh, I mean, maybe he still does this now, but uh, every winter he would come over and plow our driveway. And just like, you know, him and my dad had like a, a deal going that he, every winter he would come through and do that. And it was really nice of him to do that. Do he hook you up with deli meats? I do not think so. <laughs> no pastrami? Yeah, I think he was done mm. with the deli meats at that point. <laughs> I also have a feeling they wouldn't stay good in the car ride home. <laughs> right. <laughs> He used to bring pizza. He'd bring pizza home on occasion because we he he did he did pizza for lunch at the deli. It was right on St. Paul's Avenue in Union City, so he was right right in the middle of the city. Right on. Um, and apparently the building's still there, but my dad's family owned that building for a couple of generations. I, as an adult, I'm like really involved in karaoke, whether I like it or not, and like the whole spontaneity of music being musically inclined enough to like create a melody just out of nowhere, regardless of how old or young we are. I mean, the fact that I was doing that when I was a kid, that was so funny just hearing you completely create this entirely new <laughs> tune off the top of your head. Because now people are probably going to be humming that after listening to this. They won't, but I, I, I would like to think they will be. <laughs> It's funny you say that because my son kind of does that now. I wish I had. I should probably start recording that kind of stuff. Cause and it, the cycle I, continues. Funny, all all of these types of tapes that you keep playing, I don't. I don't remember any of that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> we have uh, one more clip to play here uh, with our friend Ian Lane, who was a part of our uh, sort of thrown together today show bus ride situation i guess you and me and Abe. I, wa- and... I wonder if the bus is uh, i guess food gets brought up a lot when you're on a bus for an hour <laughs> as well as the celebrity that's about to come into play here let's take a listen mm-hmm. now we're gonna go into the star zone now let's go off and meet madonna like a virgin Hello, this used to be my playground. 
Okay. Um, okay. That was... Vogue. 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 Move to the movement. Hey, hey, hey. Come on, Vogue. Like, oh, with the flow. Hey, hey. Oh, my God, Ian, you make a perfect Madonna. Okay, we're having a Madonna contest. Okay, we're going to do a modeling contest, um, a Madonna contest. And whoever is the best Madonna wins. Okay, Alon, you are the first Madonna. You have to act as Madonna. Yeah. My baby's got a secret. Something's coming over me. Okay. To be my playground. This used to be my childhood dream. Okay, uh, Jamie, you're the judge. Which was the better Madonna? What was the better Madonna, Airhead? Come on, Jamie. Which one? Oh, uh, Brian. Which one was the better Madonna? Okay, Madonna number one. Do it again. Okay, Your comments. <sighs> well, um, I really don't have much, but okay, that's enough. Cause I do is show my boobs all day. <laughs> okay. Um. All right, Jamie, go back to your seat. Okay, Brian. Okay. Now let's go to the emergency zone. Emergency, emergency. Um, we are not having a dinosaur zone today. We canceled for football zone. Okay, okay, the contest is who can act like Joe Montana the best. You are now disqualified. 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 Alright, this is Kurt Tracy signing off from the football zone and we're now signing off to New York City. See you in Hollywood. How do you stop this thing? See you in Hollywood. Right? I'll see you in Hollywood. I'll see you in Hollywood. I'll see you at the movies. Let's, 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 oh. I don't know who to start with, but I, th- I feel like our, our female companions over G-Chat should uh, chime in here because we're just going to talk shit for a while. Of the two Madonna songs that you guys used in this Madonna off, if you want to call it that, nobody voted. There was, was some Vogue in the background. There was a little bit of Vogue. I mean, this used to be my playground, and Ian going for the full sort of sexy, pouty Madonna. Hilarious. <laughs> I can I can envision Ian being like the perfect Madonna. <laughs> I was also noticing how funny it is that both of you were affecting a voice, like a lady voice, when your childhood voices already sounded exactly like, I, it's hard to tell the difference between you guys and Corinne on the microphone, so that you're like affecting and trying to make your voice more, fe- more feminine is totally unnecessary yeah. and, and hilarious now, but just so weird in retrospect. Well, for me, I, I just went with exactly what came to mind immediately. I just went with my gut reaction. Like the, I, I have mentioned before on the podcast how at the time there was very clear Madonna hits from her most recent album and that song was Secret which is by and large not one of her better known songs because Bedtime Stories was not one of her better known albums. That being said I remember um, that song. Take a Bow was a little more known of a hit. We've gone over that. That song had a pretty well-known video with the matador and all that jazz. <laughs> My but, favorite part of Ian's this time around was that he kept saying tuh instead of two. <laughs> I really don't think Madonna sang it that way. This used to be my playground. I just don't think that came out that way. The, the episode, one of our earlier episodes of uh, season two, we got a chance to listen to Ian's uh, Madonna impression. And I think Melissa 
alluded to it at some juncture, but this is in fact that mysterious clip where Corinne and Ian go do a little bit of riffing with Madonna back and forth. Ian's and, impression this time made me a lot less sexually uncomfortable, so I'm happy about that. <laughs> last time it was a lot of like moaning that was totally unnecessary. I think he was going to like acting school at the near conservatory for the arts. So I think they encouraged that kind of right. Mm. <laughs> and I, I I think you could even hear it in the audio that there was definitely some physicality to the impressions that didn't translate into the recording. Oh, if only. And <laughs> wait, well, could you hear it or did it tra- not translate? Well, which one? I think that it didn't necessarily translate in the best light. Okay. But I could definitely imagine Elon's body language trying to impersonate it with way too fast shoulder shimmying and trying to flutter his eyelids. So much gesticulating that you said that you weren't paying attention. I was lying. (laughs) (laughs) So much gesticulating that just cannot be put to words. It's true. Corinne, your uh, impression of the Madonna culture i guess back then i mean you you were a a 12 year old blonde haired brown eyed girl ponytail on the top of my head yep as high up as it possibly could and it Found was really style. long <laughs> mm-hmm. definitely a madonna girl growing up but i have two older sisters so yeah not good <laughs> so their their impressions of madonna probably uh spilled out to you so you were already on this like sort of hypercharged not well maybe not hypercharged but sexual hypercharged-ness, I guess, that didn't translate at home. But then when you got out of the home and you're on the bus, you're in school, it's like, let's see who could out-Madonna each other. Oh, Lord. <laughs> no? I mean, you, you, you put it on, the, on the boys. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, the kids in our area are really um, artsy and out there and loud and everything was kind of accepted in our area. So I don't think... We had any censorship. <laughs> there was no censorship. Not yeah. on our bus, anyway. And there hasn't been this time. Corinne, <laughs> we, we gotta go. We, gotta, we totally gotta go. I wanted to pick apart one thing that you said, that you would actually consider recording your son, you know, doing something like what you used to be done, what used to be done to you. Recording I your son, him, yeah. <laughs> recording your son, like doing something to like pass down to another generation uh, as he gets older for him to look back on. Is that something that you've definitely seriously considered even before this podcast came about? Yeah, I do have a video of him somewhere singing. Um, We're not going to take it. And he has like these like nineties retro sunglasses on and he's just like going to town singing, We're not gonna take it and he's just going out of control. So if I find that I'll try and send it your way. (laughs) Melissa, any thoughts? On Madonna? No, no, on 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 whether or not she should absolutely like send that to us. (laughs) I don't know, no. You've already made the decision. I don't think there's any absolutely should. Carte blanche is being thrown here. How do people get in touch with you about horse business, Corinne? Um, I am, I do have a website, a business website on Facebook, Olive Branch Horses or Olive Branch Equestrian Services. If you you need horse help, um, look that up. I also do work at the Glenbrook Farm Resort up in Round Top. And it's a beautiful place. It's a German style, old fashioned resort and it's well kept. It's beautiful up in the mountains. They have a big lake. You can ride your bike around it and go fishing and all sorts of things. It's really beautiful up there. So check that out. It sounds like a great thing to do uh, when the weather gets nicer. Corinne Tracy, right. Lost in Rewound. Yeah, I don't know. That was, my, that was my button for that. What did we learn on the show this time, guys? Um, that we make the show using radio magic. Indeed. You're I, here. I, I'm here to, to say goodbye. You're released from quarantine, ready for springtime. Folks, if you have anything that is of relevant nature to your past... Send them our way, or tell us uh, where we can find them, and we will track it down. Thanks again to Corinne Tracy, as well as to Ryan Reich, who we will have again back on sometime for sure. Lost and Rewound. 
Lost and Rewound is hosted and produced by Alon Danziger, Doug Johnson, and Melissa Lloyd. You can find us online at lostandrewound.com. In Middle Earth, they call it Mordor. That's funny. Welcome to Shire. (laughs) I missed a step.